0: Spacewatchers, Watchers, it's Chiara Monta here, event coordinator in our Spacewatch Global team. This year, I am part of the first cohort of the Space for Business programme, the first European Executive Space Business programme. In March, we had our first module in St. Gallen, Switzerland. And now, I had the great pleasure to chat with Nicholas Peter, who is Professor of Practice in Space Policy and International Affairs at the International Space University, and who also taught the class, the Global Space Context, on day one of the Space for Business program. This is Space Café Radio, your channel about trends, cool people and real conferences. Enjoy! Thank you so much for agreeing uh, to our Space Café Radio interview. Last time we met was uh, when you gave your lecture on the global space context on day one of the Space for Business program in St. Gallen. So it's wonderful to see you again. Could you give us a brief introduction of yourself and your background, please?
1: Yes, yes. So um, my name is Nicolas Peter. I'm uh, working at uh, ISU, the International Space University that is based in uh, Strasbourg. Uh, where I'm a professor of the practice of space policy and international affairs. So I've joined the organization, I assume, last fall. And I'm there dealing with all... Topics related to space policy, economics, and law in all ISU programs. That that means I am teaching to our master cohort in the program, but also all different activities, including executive education. And I also am serving as head of the newly created Space Policy and Entrepreneurship Lab, which is a unique uh, research lab hosted at ISU that brings together. the the, the, the rigorous academic research and with the practitioner experience on those topics that are shaping the the global space economy right now. And we are doing uh, a series of studies and, and different activities that leads really try to understand better the changing space context, and that's what I, I, I talked about uh, in San Gallen Because to have, it's important for everyone to have a good uh, overview of, of the trend of the space sector, and that's why it's it's important. We we felt that was important to to provide this platform that do not exist at the worldwide level, and we bring the strengths of ISU networks into our research activities.
0: That's really wonderful to hear. Also, hearing about the space entrepreneurship part, um, because that links very well to also what I wanted to discuss, which is we've started this space for business program journey what gets you excited about a course like this and does it relate to the gaps you see in space education
1: yes because it's uh, the the course is is very interesting because it's bringing people together of from different corners from europe but also different backgrounds and different uh, intention and and objectives and that's what uh, executive education is about it's really trying to accelerate the development and that's something we'll I see uh, positive because that's something I'm doing on my day-to-day job is really trying to help to push, to challenge the participant to the various activities we might be doing. But also for that, you need to understand who they are and what they want. And so you can really adapt to to the audience, to the partner. And uh, I'm really excited about the opportunity to make the the space economy grow. The space economy in general is very important. There is not one day... In, in the modern economy that is not dependent on space activity. So that you take your car, that you go to the bank, that you use internet. We all rely on, on space services and product, even though we tend to forget about that because it's invisible. It's invisible, but nonetheless it's everywhere. You know, if you go running you you have a, a, a Global navigation satellite uh, chipset in your watch if you are moving with your smartphone, the same. Everything is linked. And people do not understand that. But it's it's really, space is big. It's not an euphemism. It's space is big. There's room for everyone. And now it's trying to see, to make sure that we have good companies, good startups, good entrepreneurs that take risks, that find a place in Europe to grow. And that's what is really motivating.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really exciting notion. And I completely agree with the fact that we we don't even realize how much of our everyday lives is so dependent on space. I mean, even that we're communicating now. I'd love to dive in more to discuss the link of the changing space context, also in terms of policy and economy. So maybe what are some examples where you really see the connection between also space policy and business?
1: It might be a platitude, what we say, but the, the sector is changing really fast. And it's changing fast at, at different levels because you have new players coming in. Those can be new governments. And I will maybe call them the disruptors because you have uh, new countries uh, engaging into space, but not in the traditional way like in the 60s, at the beginning of the space race, where you need to develop everything in-house, you need to develop the industry at the same time that you develop the institutions. Now you have institutions, you have boomerang, that say, okay, I want to do space. I don't want to develop a launcher. I don't want to develop this type of capability, but I want to be involved in that niche. You don't need to be involved in the full spectrum. You don't need to, to, for instance, to start with space science mission. There are countries that say, I want to be involved in this sector to create a new branch in the economy of my of my country, and this is very something new and is very disrupting the way space agencies, some space agency worldwide or some countries act, because they have their own business model, and this is completely new. Before we were talking about business model for company, but no, this is a mistake because there is also business model. For agencies. But then if you talk about the the role of the private sector it's completely changing because before we had the the legacy companies that were the traditional aerospace uh, giants that were uh, where space was a big part of it as well as other other dimensions such as you know uh, defense or aeronautics, But then you had new just space company coming in, and now you have new startups that are also coming in. So the the ecosystem is very much changing, and you don't necessarily need to be in a very historic space country to be involved into space, but you can really be spread out around the world, and you can see that there are different hubs, innovation hubs popping up, and you have new countries, new companies being created in a very non-traditional space ecosystem that do do it extremely well. And also they are really coming with new ways of doing businesses. So new space for me, is not only about new space company, but it's a new space context.
0: And in this notion of new space and new ways of doing space, is the space policy and space governance accommodating for this?
1: It's a tough question because some of them are really at the forefront of developing appropriate policies or updating their deck policies. Other ones are more reactive. And you will see that in the future, that will lead to, to different multi speed development in the space sector. Because, on one hand, you need a policy because that's provide a framework of activities to 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 marshal resources, because that helps also to have public finances being allocated to, to develop those activities. And if you don't have this, this strategic view, it's difficult. And on top of it, if you add the procurement dimension, because that's something people do not understand, that a lot of the innovation on the public side, it's coming also because you have a new way to procure products and services. And if you are a state and you are not realizing that, you are putting your industry at a disadvantage because they are not, they cannot have the backing that they should expect by uh, not only because it's the space sector, but, but because it's a deep tech or high tech sector. Mm-hmm. And that that's really important. And that's why policy
0: is very important. I remember in your presentation, you talked a lot also about the role of governments and that government has moved from a developer to a customer to a partner. Do you see that role or that government will really change this role that they have further? And does this mean that there's going to be a big switch in space governance as well?
1: Well, there, there is days, the trend is it's it's there and there already uh, changes because we, we see that some of the governments are, are positioning themselves or are pivoting. You know, if, if you are talking about startup, I think sometimes it's good to use, you know, the terms that we use for the private sector as well for the public sector. Because then if you are talking about entrepreneurship, we should be able to, to convey the same terminology so that everyone understands what we're talking about. And yeah. in, in that context, some states are pivoting in the way they do space. Because some of them... Are, have really strong infrastructure and have been used to do space in a certain way. And now they want to do tap into the new diversity that is coming up in the sector. I could mention maybe the, the French authorities that are really looking forward to, to do more with new space. But then you have new to con- other countries such as Luxembourg or Portugal that are real disruptors in, in the space sector that have uh, a history, but maybe less embedded into developing public infrastructures that are more agile again, using the the, uh, the startup venture taxonomy, they're more agile, and they can focus the business model into a niche that allows them to scale. And that's important. They engage into certain type of activities that set them, and them up apart. And Switzerland is the same as well. They're looking to new ways for, for example, Switzerland with space logistics to, to be at the forefront. And that's something that is very really important, and we see uh, that. But that being said, not all... European countries or countries at international level are at the same level or along the same path or trajectory because mm-hmm. they are all visioned different differently you have the you have the space club you have the disruptors you have the newcomers so it's it's a bit different and that's why it's important to have a good analysis of what is the, the local ecosystem you know what are the different trajectory to end up where you want to go. And that's important. That, that's why policy is important, because policy is, is all the time embedded in a particular local context. And that's what we were trying to do with, with our lab, is really to, to bring this methodology the same way with startups. You know, you have startup pitch, you have business canvas, but to do that for policy as well.
0: To step away from those traditional boundaries, I'm guessing, to, to take on new terminology and a more, well, yes, very agile, innovative way of thinking.
1: Yes, definitely. You need that because the governments need that also inside the government to justify why you need investments. So while we are starting to be better at doing ex-post or ex-ante economic analysis of the benefits of space, we still need to be able better at communicating while investing space vis-a-vis compared to electric vehicles, compared to greening the, the economy. And the space sector should be better at saying that space is a domain in itself, so like a vertical, again, talking about the same way that you <laughs> talk in the business sector, it's a vertical in its own way, but also cut across different domains. And we need to to demonstrate that space is very important for the, the digital transition, the green transition, and that's where the European Space Agency is, 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 is doing uh, with its accelerators, taking relevant topic for society that are important also for public policy decision makers and and really show that space is an head for those domains and not do space just for the sake of space, but space as as an enabler to other public policy domains. And that means when you go to um, public authority, they will understand how important it is that investing into space is not only for space, but because the service and the application really help the economy across the board. And that's what we need to do more in in the space sector.
0: Very fair point. Yes, I am looking forward to seeing what will happen in the future, which also leads me greatly to uh, the last question that I wanted to discuss. Because also in your presentation, you talk about that the space landscape has changed more in the last decade than any other since the end of the 1960s, and that there are plenty of new trends and new developments happening. So how do you see future developments in space? What are the, the key factors or the key trends that you will see?
1: So there are different trends coming out right now. So it's either the, the perfect opportunity or the perfect storm, depending on how you see it, uh, especially for European space. But first, I, I will, I will mention the fact that the global space economy is growing. It's growing fast, but also it has been resilient to the COVID crisis. And that's something we, we are very lucky and fortunate, depending on where, where you sit. You can see different numbers for the global space economy, but it's between 350 billion US dollars to certain estimates going close to 400. So I prefer to give a range rather than a number. But with this range, you can see if you now take that as a global space economy and you compare to the GDP of a country, because sometimes it's good to put that in perspective. Again, just to give an order of magnitude, here's not what the number is important, but if you pick a global space economy of about 360 billion US dollar, that puts you around the size of the 40th economy worldwide. So about the size of a country like Colombia. So, okay, then there there are shortcomings in terms of methodology, but it's important to understand what we're talking about. It's a domain that that is at a bigger economic activities than 140 countries in the world so if you talk all space activities together, so it's growing, it's big, certain. Then if you're looking into the future, some say it can go, it will go to a trillion economy sooner or later. But some said that the cursor is, you know, is it in by 2030, 2035, 2040, it will come. Even though we have inflation, it might even come faster, but it's coming. So why that? Because there is massive influx of public investment, sustained investment. So we can see that there is a, still a growth of, of the global investment in the space sector, public investment, where, okay, the US is still the lion share, it's about 60%, Europe, collectively about 15, 16%. And then you have China uh, picking up very fast. So you can see there's a big public investments into the sector. But at the same time, you have a lot of private sector investments. And that's what is very interesting is to see that if you look at the way the, the amount of, of money being invested in uh, in, in different startups, in different businesses, it's very mind blowing because it's the number I've big, you know. We have, and that's what I talked in, in San Galen. We have now an ectocorn in the space sector with SpaceX. So, for the one that for, uh, for our listeners that do not know what's a, a ectocorn, ectocorn is, you know, you have a unicorn, decacorn, and ectocorn. So, it's a company, a tech company, uh, not on the market that is valued more than 100 billion, and it's only number two to the parent company of TikTok. So we are talking about this type of sectors. We have big companies making money or at least adding revenues. And there are more and more venture capital uh, investing into the domain. In the US, That that's not new. That's been for a long time. But it's more and more private sector. But the venture capital was coming from the West Coast. So that means, you know, uh, Sand Hill Road, uh, venture capital. But now you have more private money coming from Wall Street, so East Coast. Because with the SPACs, the trend, the you know, special uh, purpose acquisition company, we had a lot of new companies being uh, went into the stock market, IPOs, merged with, with SPAC companies, and being able to raise a lot of uh, private money. You can now buy shares. A lot of the question was, you know, how you can invest. Now you can buy shares of those companies on the stock market. Unfortunately, there are most, most of them in NASDAQ, which is good for, for the U.S. economy, not so much for us. We had European companies going there. So I really hope that uh, there will be certain uh, companies in, on the stock market in Europe that would be also willing or providing condition for European startups to go raise private money from Europe. So you have a lot of money coming in. You have also new business models because you have a technological revolution. You have a new mindset. Everything is going faster. You raise money faster. The volume is higher. You deploy faster. You develop the technology. You you, you have what it's called MVP, uh, minimum viable product, faster. Everything is is, is really changing. Before we were doing space, 10x our process, that means 10 years to develop, 10 years to to operate. We are in the 5x uh, time frame, what I call 5x time frame. Five years to do business plan, five years to really be profitable. But we are going to 1x now with one year because it's really—it has never been a better time to raise private money with good ideas, good business plan, good teams. You can raise money fast. There are a lot of opportunities to access to space. So all of that, it's—we have really seen a binding shift, and now we have to adapt to that.
0: So, also good for anyone out there listening with a good idea. This is
1: the yeah. time. Yeah, indeed, it's, it's the time. But at the same time, you know, space is big. Space <laughs> is also full of opportunities. But we have to be mindful that we need to be careful the way we use space. Indeed. Because the space sector, if we want, you know, I talked about the trillion billion economy, trillion uh, US dollar economy, that will only come into existence if we can be better at managing managing our space environment. In, in the course, I showed some projection of, of numbers of, of uh, satellites going into space. But I think people need to understand that there have been about 12,000 satellites not since the beginning of the space age and, and Sputnik one, and ten percent were last year. We had uh, last year the highest attempt of orbital launchers ever. So that's higher than in the height of the Cold War and the space race. So it's really mind blowing. But that means we need to to be better at, at avoiding space de- space pollution. What is space pollution? It's space debris creation, but it's also uh, frequency interference because we will see more and more constellation. We are building before you know we will be. Building cars to go into space. Now we are building highways because there are so many satellites following each other in close orbit. So it's it's multiple highways. So unfortunately for me, we're moving from you know the roads we have wherever we grew up, uh, maybe roads in the countryside, to now super highway exchanges with with highways floors of different levels, which you can join from highway to highways, and that was difficult. And that's why we also. We're used to have rules of the roads for cars, individual cars. But now we're going to highways. We need to develop norms and standards so that everyone follow the rules. So that we need to know what's going on. And that's going to be very important. And we need to be able to reduce the amount of debris that are in space right now. It's like climate change. It's will not, even if we, if we stop debris creation, it will not stop. We have to, to move into, we have to be space debris neutral. We have to be net zero. We have to be more innovative, and we, and that's where policy is very important. Right now, we we have technical uh, solution being developed, but those technological solutions outpace the legal and political framework that we, we currently have in place. And so, we need to be more innovative there. You, the European Commission or the European Space Agency, are looking into that, which is great. But we need we need to be very much here again, forward looking, to be able to develop ways should we do taxes? We need a carrot and we need a stick. That's always in public policy. It's always what you, you need to have. But the taxes should not be the carrot. So it should be the stick. But we need to look into that, how to do it, how, how to develop that. And that's, that's going to be one of the big elements that will help to see if we really go to this trillion space economy. And something that I'm very uh, concerned about, we need to have this economy that is inclusive. And not only just for the north, it needs to be for for everyone. And when I meet everyone in this country, from the south, the east, the west, it needs to give a chance to everyone. Because if now we put into place regulation that put the barrier to entry higher, that where the technology is. We are talking right now about a splinter net uh, with the current uh, crisis we are living in. We should avoid doing the same for the space sector. So we need to be able to help the newcomers from Africa, from Latin America, to follow with the rules that if we put rules and, and norms into place that we help them to learn from that, that they don't see that we are putting a new barrier to them to entry. Because the mm-hmm. consequence is we will all suffer for space debris but some might suffer more consequences than others and we need it's like climate change. We need to be mindful of the others, that the consequences will be not be felt equally. And so that's something that I think we don't look in enough in, in the space sector as well.
0: I mean that also links really much to the true definition of sustainability where it's also inter and intergenerational. so so looking at for all. um,
1: Exactly. And in sustainability, we should really go back to the definition of the Britland uh, report about sustainability. And that's why it's very important. And because in the space sector, we tend to look at every problem with our space lenses, which is good. But sometimes in that sense, we need to, to look at domains that are more advanced in terms of uh, policy development, such as the environment and climate change discussions, and look at what we can use in the space sector rather than the other way around.
0: Definitely a very good point. Um, but those sectors are out there. Why not learn from what they've done?
1: Yes, maybe that will help to co-share because we need to co-construct. Space will provide solutions for earthly problems, but both community need to be uh, made aware about each other. And that's why with with, with the lab we have, it's, we really want to be able to do that.
0: Amazing. Thank you so, so much. This has been really informative. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. This was the end of our episode, but please don't forget to check out our full program of Space Café Radio, where we offer interviews, insights and editorial comments on the space sector. Thank you all very much for listening. And with that, I leave you for today. And don't forget, become a space watcher. Bye.